a Wednesday morning, and we know that means it's time for our weekly doctor visit with Dr. Stan Anderson. He is on our WHBC Newsline this morning. Good morning, Dr. Stan. Hey, Pam. Great to talk to you. Hey, kudos to um, Shannon last week for filling in. (laughs) She did a good job. She really did. And she's so natural, but she was so worried. But Thank you. Thank you. She's awesome. Yeah, I thought she would be nervous and all that, but you couldn't tell. Not at all. Not at all. She did a great job. <laughs> and, and I listened to the the uh, rebroadcast, and she's, oh, my goodness, she's uh, just very pleasant. She's awesome. That's the way she is in real life. Mm-hmm. So she's just amazing. Yep, absolutely. So we'll, we'll use her anytime. See there? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have to talk about allergy season, Dr. Stan, um, because uh, I guess ragweed season got underway this week, right? August 15th. That's the traditional day that ragweed season starts. The pollen count is up. And so people that end up having seasonal allergies and ragweed is the classic one. It started on Monday. And the big issue is the way to differentiate allergies from colds or other things are usually with allergies, you end up getting a lot more runny nose and sneezing. If you have a lot more coughing and congestion, then you need to be thinking that you have a cold or COVID or something else. But with ragweed allergies, it's sneezing, runny nose, itchy eyes, watery eyes, and it basically is going to last as long as the season will last, which is usually until the first frost. And the first frost is traditionally somewhere around the middle of October. So we're looking at around two months of seasons, of uh, oh. seasonal changes. Yeah. And and again, I think it's important because, you know, you have to recognize what your symptoms are. You know, because if you are not suffering from, you know, allergies, uh, it could be COVID. It could be, uh, you know, a cold or something. Yeah, and it's kind of weird just the way in which some people think, you know, I think I got this from so-and-so. And And the answer is, no, you're sneezing, it's watery, it's itchy, it's runny. Yeah, it's probably allergies. And so ragweed allergies are traditionally the first one. The way in which we treat it is now it used to be Claritin, uh, Loratadine, Zyrtec, um, um, they all, and uh, Allegra, fexofenadine, um, cetirizine is the generic name for, um, for Zyrtec. They used to all be prescription, and they're now over-the-counter. So you don't need a prescription to get things. Get those. Now, the difference between getting the older, like Benadryl and diphenhydramine, is they're associated, the short-acting ones are associated with more drowsiness, and a higher likelihood of performance problems. So it's better to end up going with the non-drowsy 24-hour antihistamines. The other thing we do is we recommend nose sprays. So Flonase or Fluticasone, uh, any of the other ones that are available over the counter, those are awesome. They really work well. From a prescription point of view, we normally talk about adding something like moment, excuse me, um, Singular, um, uh, Montelukast is the uh, generic name for it. We oftentimes end up doing that because it adds a little bit to the um, antihistamine base. But if you're not adding a nose spray 
to the uh, normal and histamine, you're really not getting as much benefit as you could. So those are the classic things that we do. And if those don't work, we oftentimes will end up giving people a shot of cortisone, and usually that lasts the entire season. Um, a small percentage of people, we end up doing allergy testing and find out exactly how sensitive they are, and then we start them on allergy desensitization. That's usually done through the allergist, um, and that's one of the things. Just see your primary care provider, and that should be something that can be worked out. Something I did is, the, I think I was 13 when I went through that whole process. Oh, yeah. So, so what are your memories of that? <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> I hated shots in my, you know, putting the shots in my arm to see what I was allergic to and blah, 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 and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And it worked. But then I think after I uh, had my kids, I think, you know, my body changed. And, and yeah. so I still have ragweed. I still get the ragweed. Um, no doubt about it, 100%. But And one of the things that's interesting, though, is you just made that comment, my body changed. When people move out of Canton and go somewhere else, their symptoms may get worse or get better. And then when they get back to Canton, oftentimes things will be wor- uh, better for a short period of time. Gradually, it comes back. Yeah. That's the thing about allergies. Yeah. They can come or go at any time during your life. So allergies are not something that um, um, really we end up, I mean, they're so common, almost everybody has it, but it's not something that ends up basically, it shouldn't ruin your life. And so there's so many good treatments that are available. Yeah, for anybody that's suffering, it's best to just go ahead and go through it. And those shots, yeah, I did the same thing. I went through those also. And yeah, I didn't like it, but from a life style point of view it was so beneficial yeah it it was because i was i was having days where my eyes would swell shut when i woke up and things like that so yeah Yeah, definitely was beneficial that's not fun no not at all well before i let you go i do want i mean this is back to school week um for a lot of folks uh, and next week too so what kind of things are uh, we wanting uh grandparents especially to be aware of yeah, so the big thing is is kids are going to end up not having as much um, resistance. The Omicron BA5, uh, that's the one that ends up being more contagious. And so if people haven't already had that, high likelihood that we're going to end up seeing an outbreak or an increase in, in cases. The biggest thing is is when your kids go, make sure that they wash their hands when they get home. Um, make sure that they're taking care of themselves. Uh, grandparents, you need to be especially cautious just this upcoming week. Think about masking. Uh, think about wearing gloves if you are immunocompromised. Just it's better to be safe because there's a high likelihood that if there is this melting pot and there's a lot of um, infection that goes around, high likelihood that it's going to spread from person to person. Also, this study, I read the same study that thinking hard makes you tired. No wonder yeah. I'm always tired. <laughs> yeah, it just came out. It was published just this past weekend. And what it shows is that people that really think hard makes you physically tired. It's very, very true. Yeah. So it's not just hard work, but it's hard mind work that also makes you very, very tired. I often say that sometimes brain work can be more exhausting 
obviously, or stressful or whatever it is, you know, then, you know, because people go, how can you be so tired? You didn't do anything kind of thing. But that's not true. Yeah, so now you have an answer. The true answer is, is the more that you use your mind, the more you're going to end up feeling more tired. So it's truth. It's a fact. And just a little bit of reassurance for people that end up wondering why things happen the way in which they do. All right. Or maybe I just stopped thinking so hard. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. no, no. no, no. Just just realize that that's a potential consequence. All right, Dr. Stan, we appreciate it all. And we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thanks, Pam. Look forward to it.